Thank you everyone for tuning in to this conversation. My name is Yapsara Tab. I am a senior design for social impact major here at IWU. And I started facilitating these conversations last semester as part of my senior thesis research, exploring the well-being of black women in America, more specifically in predominantly white institutions. And I had the privilege of holding incredible conversations with faculty, student, and staff here at IWU. This conversation is with Jamika Lube. Jamika is such an incredible person with such beautiful outlook on life and offers incredible insight and perspective. And I had the privilege of holding this conversation with her where we talk about our experiences here um, and just different backgrounds in which we come from. Jamika started the first ever minority student association here at IWU. She has such an incredible heart for leading and for facilitating different conversations and for stepping into roles in which she uh, can help uplift others and just create community. Thank you, Janika, for holding this space with me. So without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah, I love sweet tea. I'm from uh, North okay. Carolina. Okay. And so, yeah, I can't find sweet tea here unless I make it myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. But when I when I go home, the first thing that I drink is sweet tea or cheer wine. Nice. So, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> cool. So tell me about yourself, like your upbringing, who yeah. you are, your family. Yeah, so I come from a very Haitian background. Um, my siblings and I were born in Haiti, mm-hmm. um, and then my uh, my parents and our family, we moved here to the U.S. when I was about three. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about like a year or two in Florida, and then mm-hmm. after that we moved to North Carolina. So I, I always say I grew up in North Carolina because mm-hmm. that's all I really remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a very... Haitian, very Christian mm-hmm. household. My dad's a Wesleyan pastor, okay. um, but we came so he could pastor a Haitian Wesleyan church mm-hmm. in High Point, North Carolina. Um, so yeah, that's at least my family background. Yeah. I'm the baby of the family, uh, and so uh, sometimes my friends like that explains it. <laughs> but <laughs> how many siblings do you have? I have two older brothers and two older sisters. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm the baby baby. My brother that's the closest to me in age Mm -hmm. um he's six years older than me so all my other siblings are um yeah older than that Mm -hmm. yeah I'm also the baby yeah (laughs) but you get it yes (laughs) I get picked on a lot yes you hey as a baby you learn how to defend yourself yeah you learn how to stand your ground exactly yeah some people say that babies are spoiled no no "Mm, I don't I, think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think so. I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So how has your experience at Iowa been like? Um, like what I, was your major? Yeah. Like that? Yeah. So I was a Christian ministries major and, uh, 
Yeah, I think I came in expecting something totally different than what I, like, expected. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially just coming to Indiana Mm -hmm. was a big culture, excuse me, Mm -hmm. big culture shock for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, yeah, I just, I think in my mind, I I was just like, oh, like, I'm moving to a new state Mm -hmm. and uh, excited because I was coming to... I woo, and I did a program here during the summer for two summers while I was in high school called Examine, mm-hmm. and it's basically a two-week uh, experience that come on campus, take a ministry class mm-hmm. um, with other people who are thinking about going into ministry, mm-hmm. and so that was my only experience mm-hmm. uh, at iWoo, and I kind of... Um, thought I was going to be that but obviously bigger um (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it definitely like wasn't (laughs) I was was not expecting it um yeah my first week I remember uh experience what some would call like racism for the first time Mm -hmm. while I went grocery shopping with a few Mm -hmm. friends and like I think yeah I at that moment I realized oh okay this is where I am yeah (laughs) um and started to be more aware of it so Mm -hmm. um yeah I think like I grew up in a very uh very mixed like I don't know I I'm from a Haitian family but Mm -hmm. I went to school in predominantly white schools Mm -hmm. growing up Mm -hmm. all the way until uh like seventh grade mm-hmm. um so a lot of my uh, formational years mm-hmm. was I like had to figure out how to um be accepted mm-hmm. you know around people who thought of me as the other mm-hmm. and then finally when I was out of school that was you know predominantly black hispanic and stuff like that mm-hmm. i was still the other because i was so used to that yeah uh, basically yeah, yeah like white culture mm-hmm. that i wasn't black enough you know and so then i had to then figure out but i think it was good for me too because i realized uh there are parts like even parts of my haitian culture that mm-hmm. i hid from people because when i went to probably white school like, people would think it's weird, but I no longer had to hide that. And so, like, it was both good and bad. And um, and then in college, I had to, the main thing that I struggled with, finding beauty in my, like, natural hair mm-hmm. and, like, just the way that I spoke and mm-hmm. um, my beliefs and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was a big, like, sm- like just mix of... Um, yeah, experiences when I came to IWU mm-hmm. that um, I didn't think I would need to experience, mm-hmm. but um, or I experiences that I would never wish upon other yeah. people, but I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in all has helped me grow, mm-hmm. and uh, I think another experience that's like really good that I've had it was just good mentors that's come alongside mm-hmm. me that helped. That's important. Yeah. It just helped me process mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. the hurt, frustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you said so many good things that I related with. <laughs> you know what I'm like, I, I feel like people don't realize, like, the amount of, like, such diverse and, like, mixed experiences that mm-hmm. we have as black women in these institutions. Yes. Like, when we come in, 
you come with certain expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's going to be like this. I, I would feel like I fit in and I belong at all times. Yeah. Which, like, not everyone feels like that. But also, it's such a different experience. Yeah. And I remember when I was in high school, when you said, like, not being, like, black enough mm-hmm. to your black friends, like... <clears throat> I don't know why my voice is like this. Yeah, uh, but when I was in high school, so I came from Ethiopia when I was 13. Mm. So I moved in the eighth grade and I was the only black person in that school. Mm. Like the only one yeah. <laughs> in such a small town. And I was like, okay, like in my mind as a 13 year old, I was like, wow, like school's going to be fun. Like take mm-hmm. us there now. Like my yeah. parents were like homeschooling us so that we can learn English. Mm-hmm. But I was like, we're ready for public school. <laughs> because our experience in public schools in Ethiopia is like, there is no feeling of the other. Because like, mm. you look like everybody. Right. Your hair looks like, you know, mm. like everything about you. There's no feeling like the outsider. Mm. So that was something I was definitely not prepared for. But then I grew up in that setting in America. And then I came to Iwu. And it's like similar experience mm-hmm. in a sense that Iwu's majority white mm-hmm. but still there's that feeling of like I think it's that same feeling you carry from high school yeah. <laughs> it's like whoa yeah and I do relate that like finding mentors that like can help you through this time mm-hmm. is very critical especially as a black person in these yeah. institutions is there like specific experiences that made you feel like you can answer both if you want, but like that made you feel safe and welcomed or like mm-hmm. unsafe and like unwelcomed. Yeah. Um I think when it uh, starting with like the unwelcome, I think the main experiences I've felt is when it comes to um a lot with our political atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, the way that people express their political beliefs, mm-hmm. they don't realize how hateful it is, yeah. um, or hurtful, if, even if they don't intend to, it to be, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people never intend to hurt people's feelings, yeah, but, but they, hurts. yeah, it yeah. still hurts, and it, it, then it becomes of, like, not knowing even how to even apologize for, right. you know, that hurt feeling, mm-hmm. um, because they say they didn't intend it, but it's just like, but I still feel this way, right, you know, so yeah. what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as an immigrant and as a black woman, mm-hmm. um, yeah, being here in our political climate has been hard, mm-hmm. especially hearing some ways when people talk about immigrants mm-hmm. and like both, you could probably, uh, um, what's the word? relate to it but it's like we can pass off as just like black people like you know and someone wouldn't know that we are from a different country unless we say that we are and they're like oh or unless like I'll my mom will call and I'll start speaking a different language and then they're like oh like you speak a different language where are you from um and so, like, at times, you know, plastic walking in the mall way, or even mm-hmm. sitting in chapel of all places, mm-hmm. some of the things that you'll hear people say around you, mm-hmm. like, when we're singing a different language, right. or, like, I think that has been, like, the most hurtful mm-hmm. experience. Um, and then, um, but I think, yeah, most welcoming would, again, be that mentor, mm-hmm. like, 
aspect of being able, even in the roughness, being able to find like the my one or like I have two mentors, mm-hmm. um, both are women, but from different cultural backgrounds, mm-hmm. and having them to be able to process <coughs> things with mm-hmm. um, that's been like the biggest two, yeah. yeah, things I would say both hurtful and mm-hmm. positive. Yeah, I feel as though, like, with um, the politics Mm -hmm. aspect, I, yeah, I feel like people, when they, especially, like, walking around campus right Mm -hmm. now, it's, like, the amount of, like, different political flags Mm -hmm. that are (laughs) very, like, that make, I feel like that makes a lot of black people and people of color, like, Mm -hmm. feel very uncomfortable and unsafe, Mm -hmm. but when people do that, they don't. They often don't realize the implications of that. Like, yes, you support whoever. Yes. But at the same time, like, that person that you're supporting is not supporting us. Right. (laughs) So it's, like, seeing that is very, like, makes me feel unsafe around Mm -hmm. campus. And that I I feel like, I feel as though, like, the school should just ban that, honestly, to be fair. Like, that's not doing anything for anyone. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you have that flag on your window. So, like, and yeah. what do you want me to do about it, you know? It's, like, yeah, it's very um, not a comfortable or safe environment. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and with the chapel, like, singing and things like that, like, when people, I, people are so uncomfortable, like, when, when we sing in another language yeah. or when we talk about diversity or race. Yeah. But, like, they're not willing to put themselves through that. Yeah. We constantly have to be the educators. Yes. And yes. I'm like, well, like, you're not making any effort at all. Yeah. And the black and people of color that I will yeah. are the ones talking about these. Yeah. And they're the main training. ones that say, oh, I want to work in an urban setting, too. Yeah. Or, like, oh, I want to work with the poor and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, but you can't even sing a song in Spanish. Yeah. And you can't for even, three like, minutes. talk about <laughs> the current issue with your friends. Yeah. Like. So you think uh, you're going to be able to do that <laughs> in a career yeah. path. Um. Yeah. And I would also say, like, like um, recently I saw a picture on Facebook. It was, like, of two white guys. Like, one was a Trump supporter and the other was um supporter of Biden. And, like, they were shaking hands. Mm-hmm. And the caption was just, like, you can have, um, like, different political views. Let's just, like, make sure we're not spreading hate. And it's like, yeah. I can agree with that, and, yeah, we don't want to be spreading hate to people, mm-hmm. but it's just, like, realizing that, like, it's not that easy no. for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. when I see that, I'm like, yeah, like, that, as a Christian, that's mm-hmm. great, but for me, supporting, like, Biden or Trump, it's not just a political, no. like, thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's, like, like, it's... Deter- like who wins this election determines literally what my like whether my life will be torn a- apart yeah. in the next four months mm-hmm. or not yeah you exactly. know and yeah. people don't understand that like it's not about like how much money I'm gonna be paying on taxes you know next mm-hmm. year or it's not about whether you know people are allowed to have abortions or not mm-hmm. which all things yes uh, impacts our political views are important for us to think about mm-hmm. but we also have to think about like the literal life changing things mm-hmm. 
that will occur due to this election, yeah. you know, and I think it's even more impactful for this election than it was last election. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, for me as an immigrant, like, every single time I think about the election, I literally, like, my stomach starts hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it's a it's a traumatic experience. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize that, like, mm-hmm. um, that some people that they're walking past by in the mallway are going through this. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not willing to even think about that. Either. Yeah, that's yeah. hard. Yeah, with the thing of, like, yeah, we can still see eye to eye, mm-hmm. you know, even if we have different political beliefs. But, like, I disagree. Yeah. Because when you think about politics, like, it's not just something that's out there. Like, well, mm-hmm. you either support so-and-so or you don't. But it affects your well-being. Like, mm-hmm. if my friend is you know, supporting Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> my yeah. friends supporting Trump. Yeah. They can't be my friend. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like, I, as a Christian, like you said, like, we want to see even with our differences. Yeah. But this is different because yeah. you're supporting someone that doesn't support my well-being. You're supporting right. someone that is, like, you know, for a lot of things that... Go against who I am as, as a person. person. Yeah. yeah, and, like, thinking about immigrants families and people of mm-hmm. color and all of these things like women like all of these things that go against our existence mm-hmm. like if you support that and say well I'm still your friend mm-hmm. but you don't actually see me yeah like you just do you do you see like what we're going through right yeah. now so yeah I totally understand that like it's not as easy as saying like we have two political beliefs mm-hmm. but we can still be good friends yeah and that's what I think about institutions like this where we're just, I don't know, like, we don't consider the comfort or, like, the well-being of black people mm-hmm. in the spaces they inhabit because we're just letting these things go by. And yeah. we don't have room to process the heaviness of this. Yeah. We just go through our every day, yes. listen to different comments made in the mall way, yeah. or look at different flags. Yeah. So. And it's, like, then it's, uh, like, for example, you had said of, like, like saying the Trump flag shouldn't be allowed and stuff like that. Like I've heard that, and then some people are like, "Well, we have Black Lives Matter flags." And they don't understand the difference between the yeah. two. And it's like my Black Lives Matter flag is reminding me that my life matters and that people who look like me matters. Mm-hmm. And in order for all lives to matter, Black lives have to matter. Yeah. And my Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that I think your life doesn't matter as a white yeah. person or any other uh, ethnicity. It's saying that, like, mm-hmm. I have to remind myself that I matter because mm-hmm. I'm told so much in different That's ways insane. that I don't matter. Mm-hmm. And so that is one way that I do that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. versus your flag is telling me that I don't matter. Exactly. And it's just hyping your uh, what makes you comfortable mm-hmm. and what makes people who look like you comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, like, your flag speaks volumes and the hatred mm-hmm. that goes behind it versus yeah. my flag who's saying, like... I matter. Yeah, yeah. I matter. People who look like me matter. Mm-hmm. Like, in order for all of us to matter. Right. And yeah. so... Yeah. yeah and, like, the fact that, like, our lives matter shouldn't even be political right it shouldn't be something oh that's so political take it yeah down. Like, like what but really though yeah <laughs> loving 
Something that really matters should never be political. Telling somebody that their life matters shouldn't be political. And Mm -hmm. the fact that we have made race relations and stuff like that political is very sad. Mm -hmm. And the fact that as a Christian institution and Christian students, Mm -hmm. we allow it to be so political is disheartening and just a bit scary because it's like we are the future yeah um Mm -hmm. and we're the future leaders and yeah yeah Yeah, and I think like saying even when you say something is political that means you either take one side or you Mm -hmm. take the other but with Black Lives Matter you shouldn't take a side at all Mm -hmm. and then also like with schools and institutions like IWU being really fearful of talking about it mm-hmm. makes black people feel isolated and alone through yeah. this process and then having to be the educators like you talked about earlier. So mm-hmm. like I just it, it hurts to see that how often we shy away from the topic of race mm-hmm. like as a white institution but black people have to deal with that every day. Yeah. So like I've talked about this with my other friends for this podcast like after the verdict of Brianna Taylor, hmm. no class talked about it. Yeah. No professors checked. I mean, maybe there were, I don't know, like, but at our protest for Black Student Union, someone asked, like, did anyone check on you? Like, yeah. raise your hands if anyone checked on you. No hands. Yeah. Raise your hands if your professor talked about it in class. I think people don't understand the weight of, like, news like that. Yeah. Because we're so desensitized. We hear it all the time. But for us, like, that, I mean, it tore us apart. Like, yeah. black students, like, that's like, we waited all summer mm-hmm. to find some sort of justice for her life. Yeah. And then we hear that, like, her, her life didn't matter, yeah. which means that, like, if that happened to me, the right. same thing would happen. Right. So, like, people don't make that connection that, like, as a black person, as a black friend, mm-hmm. that affects you and that deeper level like it's so yeah so yeah yeah that shows you like how much like our bodies are like valued like how like our pain Mm -hmm. is seen different in our words like I mean the fact that like for Brianna Taylor literally like from the three men that shot her like one of them was charged for like Something endangerment, like yeah, their neighbors or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, for like not even shooting her. Yeah, yeah, not so even shooting like, her. That that is so like that. Like you said, twenty twenty. Yeah, like, we're still like not valuing our lives, and it's like at this point, like if we stay silent about that, like in institutions. Like, this is not a drill. Like, we can't yeah. say that anymore. <laughs> like, this is... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I think, you know, people say, like, the black woman is one of the most unprotected mm-hmm. um, out of all race or genders. And it's so true. Like, mm-hmm. you look at statistics when it comes to healthcare. you know, mm-hmm. like, black women, like, black pre- pregnant women, like, I think, like, it's the highest... Um, like, like rate for when it comes, yeah, mortality yeah. rate. 
um, and also like risks of complications mm. because they don't get the care that they they should yeah. or you know or it's like we're people like I had a nursing friend who's like who goes here mm-hmm. who literally said in her nursing classes in their books and in class they're taught that black women are tougher than like white women and that they can handle more like like what <laughs> pain is pain yeah and so it's just like they're told to like be cautious of giving them certain medicines like and stuff like that because they might we might be lying oh god and so it's just like even then and this isn't something that was like few like no it's like not. my my friend isn't even graduated yet yeah. you know and so we have to be aware that um, these things are still being taught. These mm-hmm. preconceived notions or these prejudiced ideas are still um, being taught and therefore like not helping people change their mindsets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're still like, it's crazy to me how much, that's why like it's so important to talk about race in literally every class and yeah. every department every field because mm-hmm. like race intersects everything mm-hmm. like the medical the sports the arts so if you don't talk about it you're like you're one staying ignorant and you're sending off these students that you so-called educated mm-hmm. into the world to do the same to perpetuate the same ideas about exactly. pain and black bodies and yeah. things like that and like yeah the medical world like i listened to this podcast over the summer as from um, Good Ancestor podcast, and I was talking about like the medical world and how like Black women are more likely to die during or after childbirth, mm-hmm. and like that's like why is that still happening? Yeah. You know, what I mean? it's twenty twenty. Why is that still happening? And you think about it, it's so rooted into like the roots of this country, like slavery, yeah. when like black women's bodies were used as experiments. Yeah. Like well then they can handle pain. Like they yeah. have they're strong, they're resilience and yeah. Ugh. But you have to think of why we yeah. had to be resilient. Why we had to like why I my pain tolerance might be higher because of the pain that my answers have to go through does that not sink through your head and do something to your heart and the way that my that the pain that my answers have to go through were so life altering Mm -hmm. that it might have changed my DNA Mm -hmm. and the very core of who I am as their great 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 granddaughter. Yeah. Like even that fact is That's chilling. Just, oh. <laughs> wow. And so yeah, it's I, I I don't think people sit and process those mm-hmm. things long enough to really understand the implications. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we have these statistics and we have these numbers, and yet there's still not really being anything done about it, mm-hmm. shows that it's implicit. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's very much like a norm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, people are like really just comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it comes down to. They just sit and 
they like to sit in comfort, yeah. which is like they have the privilege to do so. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't. And like it's not that I feel like it's not that they don't know these things happen. Like they don't know this is a thing. It's just that I, I sometimes feel like it's laziness. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. And clearly, like, you know, there's so many resources out there for you yeah. to like educate yourself and things like that. And what frustrates me is when it comes to like curriculum and academia, like mm-hmm. that should be the that that should be where it's addressed because when students come from high school, again, like you are like you're brought up in a certain way, like yeah. you you grew up probably in a small town, went yeah. to a Christian high school. Of course you probably won't know these things. Yeah. But when you go to college, you are grown you're Mm -hmm. making your own decisions so the institution should try to do their best in educating them like it doesn't matter if there is no black student in your class yeah you still need to know these things yeah because you're gonna go out to the world and be exposed to these things and like it matters for the one black student that's in your class yeah so yeah it's (laughs) just it's wild um have you found, like, what was, what's something that helped you, like, care for yourself and, like, your mental health along mm-hmm. this journey of college? Yeah, I think a lot of self-reflection and a lot of being aware of my emotions mm-hmm. and that they shouldn't be ignored mm-hmm. um, and that it's okay for me to process them, mm-hmm. as well as, this is more recent. Um, like from the summer that I've learned to take care of myself mm-hmm. is that I do not have to feel the responsibility mm-hmm. to share my experiences with people mm-hmm. That's good. because at the end of the day, a lot of the things that I've gone through are traumas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about like as a counseling mm-hmm. uh, major and, even in my Christian ministries, I had to take counseling classes, mm-hmm. like pastoral counseling classes. You talk about big T trauma and little T traumas. Mm-hmm. Whether it's big T trauma or little T trauma, trauma is trauma, mm-hmm. and it matters and should be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when somebody has come from an abusive past mm-hmm. or somebody has um, gone through like a very traumatic accident and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you don't just callously ask them over and over again to relive that traumatic experience yet you expect students of color to constantly relive their experiences in order that you might learn from it yeah or that you might change from it Mm. like when i relive a traumatic experience in order to educate somebody that person may take it go on with their lives and not thinking about it again Mm. whereas the for me Mm. i may have to like cancel my whole day because Mm -hmm. having that now at the forefront of my mind Mm. has made me shut down emotionally so much where it's crippling you know and so so yeah now it's like no like I don't feel like I need to share my experiences with someone. If someone is is curious and know enough to learn, then I can give you some resources mm-hmm. for you to do your own research. And then once you've done that reading or once you've like, you know, taken that resource and processed mm-hmm. through it and you want to have a conversation with me about that, mm-hmm. 
great because then at least I see that you've done some work that shows me that you're wanting to Mm -hmm. take some responsibility for your own knowledge. Mm -hmm. But until then, like, no more am I going to, like, just, yeah, Yeah. relive it. Um, Again, like I said, just so you might get it, you know? And so. Important. Yeah. That's, like, that's expected. Like, they expect that from you. Mm -hmm. But that's such a, like, a special, vulnerable, and, like, personal part of you. Yeah. That's not testimony. Yeah, that's not something that should just be thrown Mm -hmm. out. It takes a lot of trust. Yeah. It takes building, you know, a special bond with someone in order to tell them that. Yeah. But people just, I don't know, I think it's, like, exploiting our stories. Yeah. Like... Because even, they, yeah. sorry, like, yeah. I was just going to say, even in class when, like, like sometimes, like, teachers just call out people and, like, have you ever experienced that? And yeah, it's like, like they no. they single you out. Right. And I'm like, even no, I'm if I do, like, I feel like you don't deserve to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I don't know these people like that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to, like, just share my experiences mm-hmm. just so you can make a lesson out of it. Yeah. Like, no, you can you can do your own case studies mm-hmm. and stuff like that and bring it to class yeah. and prepare it for us to do yeah. that. You don't It's need... like expecting that one black student to be the expert in everything yeah. related to race. Yeah, and it's like, no, I am paying my money to go yeah. here and paying basically you to do your job. Yeah. So you can come to class prepared. Yeah, where's to talk my check? Like, yeah, for real. Yeah. Like I, I need to make some coins out of this, guys. Yeah. At this point, I've done a lot of TED talks. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I've yeah. done a lot of hours, and mm-hmm. so yeah, it's that's so important, like for our well being and for our mental health to like guard that. Mm-hmm. But you know, to be honest, like I didn't in my first couple of years of like going to the school like Mm -hmm. I didn't know that like like you unknowingly just give and give yeah hoping that like maybe they'll learn something or maybe this is helping them or maybe I'm supposed to be like a good Christian girl and be kind and be like not having built like healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just now in my like last year of uh, undergrad like realizing that like if I don't want to share I I don't want to share I don't need to share and like those are important personal part of your story mm-hmm. that don't need to be just be thrown out just exactly. for the sake of educating other people. Exactly. Yeah. That is an important part of self-care. Yeah. That I'm just now like, whoa, like, ah. Uh, yeah. Like, I could have saved myself some hard days yeah. if I would have learned that sooner. But again, it's part of the self-realization phase and mm-hmm. the... Um, you have to learn it for yourself. Yeah. You have to you grow into it. Yeah. yeah um, sure. Because, yeah, it's hard and people will make you feel bad for it. Even if you, like, share your experiences, sometimes people will make you feel bad for mm-hmm. it. Um, a lot of times I've been, whenever I bring it up, like, my experiences up or say, like, hey, like, we should think about this when it comes to maybe doing this activity or something like that because of people of color Mm -hmm. it's like oh she's bringing up the race card again or even like I've been told I'm intimidating just Mm -hmm. because I'm confident in what I talk about like yeah I I have an education Mm -hmm. and I know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm going to say it. And if you find that intimidating, I think you have to do some self reflection Mm -hmm. as to why you find me intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have to downgrade Mm -hmm. or, uh, lower my education or lower my like uh my voice my character to in order to make you feel comfortable like I think there's a difference between um realizing uh like I I guess like um being aware of Mm -hmm. your uh presence on other people Mm -hmm. and still being a oh like a welcoming presence Mm -hmm. but if I am already doing that I'm being welcoming and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but just being vulnerable with you and sharing experience or helping you see a different viewpoint you still find me intimidating like I don't think there's more I could do like I think yeah there's uh yeah I think you have to do some self-actualization realization Mm -hmm. in order for you to change that and I don't think it's yeah I don't think it's because of me yeah yeah okay that's such a good point because I feel that a lot a lot of times people are like oh I like you're not approachable you're like Mm -hmm. you know but the thing is that one that's not our problem two I feel like that's like deeply rooted and like like whiteness and white yeah or your stereotypes yeah because you're not like, you feel uncomfortable when black women take up space. Mm-hmm. You feel uncomfortable when we own our voice and yeah. speak our truth because you feel called out sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, which is, like, what you need to hear. But you yeah. are not ready for it, but that's not my problem. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's such a good point. Like, yeah. yeah, if you feel intimidated by every black woman that you meet that is open to sharing her experience or um, vocal about their experience or knowledge and stuff like that yeah that's not that's not, that's not me yeah. that's not us yeah because they're expecting you to always take the back seat yeah like quite literally just like stay silent yeah just like no like, or just speak not? when you're given the when you're yeah. given this chance yeah, yeah which is very minute yeah <laughs> no 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 thanks doesn't work that way anymore yeah wow so, yeah if you were to like if other black women are listening mm-hmm. to this podcast what advice would you give them as a person who has graduated from iwu or yeah. in the field that you are right now yeah i would say that find safe spaces find safe people mm-hmm. that you can be 100 percent yourself but at the same time grow mm-hmm. and um and that involves being able to find a space that you can express your anger and frustration and stuff like that, but be able to then take steps to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Because I find I feel like so many people allow themselves to just remain bitter, mm-hmm. angry people, mm-hmm. and that is harming no one but yourself. True. So what? where can you go? And I feel like now more than ever we have you know, started to create those spaces between Mm -hmm. COIN, BSU, AMS, you know, having, you know, these different uh, programs that you can go to, Mm -hmm. to have that space that you you shouldn't remain in that angry and bitter state um, 
for too long because, yeah, again, it's only harming yourself, only harming your mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also the second thing would just be realizing your beauty and importance. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's looking yourself in the mirror every morning saying, I matter, mm-hmm. I, that has a, a bigger and mental impact than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to remind yourself every single day that you matter mm-hmm. in a system that you already know, like that you already know, tell you the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is very impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think thirdly, like, uh, I think you're just realizing that it's okay to feel you know the mm-hmm. emotions that you feel you you shouldn't you should never apologize for mm-hmm. the emotions that you feel and you shouldn't ever feel like they're a burden mm-hmm. um because you are a person you are a human being mm-hmm. and your voice and emotions are just as important as the person next to you mm-hmm. um and so yeah, it goes again back to finding those key people in your life mm-hmm. that can see that and that mm-hmm. you can be vulnerable with. I always say my circle is as small as a dot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a lot of people in my in mm-hmm. my circle, and that's yeah. that's okay. And that's because I've gone through a lot of life experiences that I know like I can't share that with everybody. Right. Yeah. But the people who I've been able to trust other people that show up for me Mm -hmm. and whether they are white black Haitian you know whatever Mm -hmm. um they have shown me that they love me unconditionally Mm -hmm. and then that they are able to take my experiences and my emotions Mm -hmm. and be able to sit with me in that Mm -hmm. um and that has made a world of a difference when it comes to my experiences here on campus, mm-hmm. out in greater Marion, Grant County, mm-hmm. and uh, just as all the things that I identify as. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think those would be wow. the things. <laughs> so much. That's so, that's well said, but I echo everything that you said. And I hope that if you are a black woman listening to this, you know that you are valued and your voice matters. You matter, not just what people expect of you and that you find moments and times to just show up for yourself and care for yourself. And then like Janika said, find those safe spaces and safe circles. And like, I think the most, uh, we've talked about such good things, (laughs) but one thing that sticks out to me is that like, your story is yours, mm-hmm. and if you are not ready to share it, don't share it. Mm-hmm. And that people that need to listen to it is people that you feel safe listening to it. Don't share it for the sake of educating other people. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Anika. This was so incredible. Yeah, yeah. I hope... Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
thank you all for engaging in this conversation. I really appreciate your time and your support. I want to give a special shout out to Nick Wright for providing a glimpse of his music to be a part of this podcast. It is called Rise Up and it just recently came out. And I hope that you go and check him out on Instagram and his other social media platforms. He's an incredible saxophone player and an incredible musician. I hope that you guys support him and cheer him on. Thank you so much, Nick. 